0: And welcome to another episode of History Bluffs, where truth is stranger than fiction. I want to welcome to your virtual stage, it's our host, Chris.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome indeed to another week of History Bluffs. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We have a very exciting show for you this evening. Uh, But first, without without forgetting how much he means to us, I want to say thank you to Adam at the top of the show uh, for his tech extraordinary abilities.
0: Oh, thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. I'm here for you, man. Let's do this. Let's rock out some history. But let's learn something today.
1: Let's learn something indeed. And you know what? We're going to learn from three distinguished panelists and let's go right ahead and bring them in and meet them. Our first is friend of ours. Gina, please come to the screen.
2: It's me. I'm here.
1: Hello, Gina. How are you?
2: Good, Chris. How are you doing, man?
1: I am doing well. Uh, Gina, let me ask you a question. Um, yeah. Is there something in your past where you've just kind of like, you know, um, you, you've used this thing and then you, you used it more and more and just tried to get as much as you possibly could out of this thing, taking a long time to, to use it up? yes what was that
2: my husband
1: oh okay <laughs>
2: him and I'm still using him. <laughs>
1: uh, good luck to you john that's all i have to say uh yeah. all right well uh gina is our first panelist uh let's bring out our second panelist ladies and gentlemen please welcome alan <laughs> hello hello alan uh alan um you uh you grew up in south florida correct correct and, and, uh, and, and now you're in central Florida. Uh, at your um, your travels to beaches have you ever have you ever seen any sharks by any chance?
3: I've not seen sharks at the beach. I've seen a few dolphins uh, oh. but, uh, and some small Ooh. fish as well. but no, mm-hmm. I've never never actually seen a shark at the beach. Interesting, interesting. okay, cool. Uh,
1: well hold on to that because I'm gonna come back to that in a second. but let's bring out without further ado our special guest panelist for this week's episode let's give it up for Adri. Hi.
4: Hello,
2: Adrian
1: hello. hello how are you
4: I'm doing great Chris it's great oh. to see you
1: it's great to see you too welcome to the Adrienne show thanks so much for joining us yeah thank you guys are um, you know uh, Adrianre what what I was wondering um, when when you were in in school uh, particularly like elementary school or middle school um, did you ever uh, did you ever try to get out of class by, by going down to uh, an office, just get out, of, get out of school?
4: Literally all the time. I would, and
1: what was your excuse?
4: I would, I would fake asthma attacks.
1: Oh, my God. I
4: have, I have asthma. It's a debilitating uh, uh, illness, but I would yes. use it to my benefit by getting out of quizzes and tests and anything, really, by going to the nurse's office.
1: I never knew you were that manipulative. All right, well well played back then. Uh yeah, good call Adam. She does get a brother for that. Um but okay, so uh so using something up, getting uh, was nursing it, Gina. You were nursing John. uh, uh, uh
4: Alan,
1: How you? Alan, Alan, I was hoping you had an experience with a nurse shark, and Adrian, you used the nurse's office as your excuse to get out of class, because our topic this week is nurse, nurse. I love it
2: our topic, and none of us said what you wanted us to
1: say. I'm sorry. That's uh, no, no, all right. No, it's all right. Because, uh, yes, I you know, sometimes uh, am very obvious, and clearly tonight, I was lost, with so, uh, you
0: know,
1: uh but so uh, our topic is, is Nurse, and uh, Adam, would you be kind enough to put the rules of the show up so we could explain to the audience exactly what we're going
0: to do with that topic? You know it, my friend, Chris. This is a game, and it's a game show, and game shows have rules. So here they are. That is correct. So
1: our three panels, so our three historians, are inspired by the topic Nurse tonight. Um, there are they're going to be two of them telling true stories, and one of them is going to be a bluff. The true stories are yeah someone will be bluffing and it's our job to determine who that is the true stories are factual stories the bluffs story is fictional it might have some truthiness in it it might be based on a truthful location or a true person or something but it is primarily a fictional story um and no audience help is allowed we ask that our audience strictly adhere to that don't please don't use any search engine uh, to look up information and post it in comments during the show. Save that for the end of the show because at the end of the show, we all get to give our guesses as to which of our, yes, which of our historians is the bluff because I don't even know right now. the only two people on the planet who know who the bluff is are Adam and the actual bluff themselves. That's all. So, the way this show works, is Adam mentioned, it's an improvised game show, meaning that we're gonna be um, going off of one another here uh, live. Uh, we have three rounds of information that we're going to share with you. Each round will get successively shorter. So the first round will be 75 seconds, the second round will be 60 seconds, and the third and final round will be 45 seconds for our historians to wrap up their story. Um, and Adam, yes, Adam just put up on screen, thank you, our, our round tracker and that's going to let us know where we are uh, between the nine total stories that we're going to hear, three segmented stories into three parts. Uh, Let's just go ahead without further ado. Adam, let's begin with round number one, shall we? (laughs) So to start us off, thank you very much. Yes, our round number one for tonight's History Bluffs game show. Uh, inspired by Nurse, and we're going to start off with Gina. Gina, would you please uh, start your round number one now?
2: Oh, I am going to take you to Canoe Creek, North Carolina in 2009. This is where a gentleman named Benjamin graduated from uh, medical school and he applied at a local clinic there and he got the job as the uh, one local physician in that uh, town. Um, he soon learned that um, the doctor that uh, had started the practice and that was there before he got the job, uh, basically the guy who, whose place he took, uh, Dr. Vince Gilmer, had been, um, had been, it was in jail. Uh, and he was in jail for murder and the man that he murdered was his father and um he, he was 41 years old when he was put into jail and his father had been murdered in 2004 he was convicted in 2009 um he defended himself in the trial the whole night and he went to jail and when Benjamin started seeing some of Dr. Gilmer's patients he started um re- like hearing stories about Dr. Gilmer and how wonderful and kind he was and how much of a loving uh, and generous physician he was he he would give people free visits if they didn't have insurance. He would give uh, people samples of, of uh, uh, pharmaceuticals if they didn't have uh, enough money to buy their own. Um, so, by all accounts, Dr. Gilmer was a very kind and loving man. But why did he kill his father? We will learn more about that very soon.
1: Ooh, wow! So he murdered his father and then represented himself in court. And you know the old saying, a no. Yes, but a, a, it's, a, a, it's a fool who has himself as a client, basically. I'm paraphrasing this phrasing. because yes. I can't remember what it is. But, Alan, are you a fool for Gina's story? What, what's your take on, on Gina's first route
2: of her
3: story? Uh, let's see. There's some interesting things. First of all, there's a canoe creek in Florida, so I think mm-hmm. she conveniently said, we're going to be too familiar with Canoe Creek, Florida, so I'm going to put this in North Carolina. Uh-huh. And then... Okay, so this person committed this vile act of patricide. Dr. Gilmore sounds too much like David Gilmore, frontman for Pink Floyd. And there is a wall of bluff I am detecting. Ooh. uh Uh,
2: These waters run deep. Ah.
3: (laughs) See, she knows her Pink Floyd.
2: She knows her
1: Pink Floyd indeed. Adri, why don't you come on screen and please tell us your thoughts of Gina's opening salvo.
4: Yeah, I, I'm not convinced. Um, I think the things that really stood out to me were, were having a doctor described as loving, kind, generous, and free visits, free healthcare in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I'm not buying that right now. Not <laughs> sorry. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, sorry.
1: yeah, good point. Good point. Uh, all right. Well, um, let's bring Adri back up on screen. and Adri, we're going to have you tell us your first round story now. The floor is yours
4: all right so the topic uh was nurse and my uh story is going to be Sunnyland, from hospital to homeless hangout and uh, the story is inspired by uh the town that i went to college in uh my school had a really great nursing program but on top of that there was a hospital there that was here's the story originally it was built in 1952 as a solid concrete structure five stories high it had a basement a morgue, a crematorium, and it had these enormous windows. This is kind of like architecturally what it was known for with these giant windows so that they could open it to treat the tuberculosis, uh, patients inside. Um, the complex was, was huge. It was more like a compound. Um, it was 160 acres. It housed six doctors and, uh, 72 nurses. It had like its own apartment complex there. And, Unfortunately, in 1959, the tuberculosis vaccine uh, had been found and started you know, being dispersed. and the TB, aka uh, uh, oh my gosh, ah, consumption, the cases started declining, and the hospital had to get shut down.
1: Ooh, Just got your point in there at the buzzer uh alan let's bring you out uh first here uh what's your take on this story of this this is apparently one-stop shop hospital that has everything from a crematorium to hospital treatment.
3: that's an interesting story for someone who told uh, gina that she doesn't believe in free health care that a hospital <laughs> would go out of business seems a little far-fetched <laughs> considering the source
2: uh, Oh snap!
3: gina what's your take
2: well, um, it's not so much to take as just an observation. This is my very first show with Adri, and I really enjoyed her storytelling. However, um, I think she's a little sadistic because she says, unfortunately, in 1959, they got the tuber- tuberculosis vaccine. Those assholes. <laughs> like-
1: <laughs> what a shame. Wow.
2: I just love the way she put that out there, and while I don't know whether her story is true or not just yet, I'm sussing it out, and I really like her
4: styles. So that is all I'm. Gonna all right, say. all right. Well,
1: maybe, maybe she's a, maybe maybe she's just a fan of the TV. Who knows? Uh, Alan, uh, Alan, let's let's bring you up, and Alan, uh, your first round begins now.
3: Nurse reminds me of the famous nurse from the Final Frontier, Nurse Christine Chapel. The USS Enterprise's Nurse Chapel was played by Majel Barrett. Later on, Majel Barrett Roddenberry, the wife of the creator of Star Trek, Gene Roddenberry. Now, most Star Trek fans know this, but what many fans do not know is that both of them attended my alma mater. Oh, what? Yes, that's right. <laughs> They attended the University of Miami. Although uh, th- that there is uh, there is an age discrepancy between Jean and Majel, uh, Jean did graduate a decade before Majel, and it was while Jean was visiting some friends in Coral Gables that he crossed paths with his future wife. Jean's friend Tom was hosting a party in a house he was renting, and he noticed that Jean was very shy and not certain on how to approach people, so Tom suggested they see his friend Majel's play titled The Solid Gold Cadillac. Majel made a great impression on Jean, and since Jean was so drawn to storytelling and performance, he immediately connected to G- May- with Majel after the show. Jean began giving a breakdown of her character's impression on him as well as her co-star's impact on the story. Good timing, Good
1: timing there again. All right. Uh, uh, Adri, what do you think of Alan's first-round story about uh, Nurse Chapel?
4: Well, you know, anything that comes out of the University of Miami, <laughs> Alumni is questionable like from the jump. Okay, so we'll start there. But the thing, the thing that stood out the most to me was a solid gold Cadillac. Mm. Everybody knows a solid colored Cadillac can only be pink. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm calling his bluff right now. I don't mm. I've never seen a solid gold Cadillac.
1: Okay, all right. Okay
2: no i'm a little with adri because my um old roommate in college made cadillac parts and you are correct but who knows? i don't it's know it's the Maybe title of there. the play <laughs> <laughs> okay so my theory on this is that nurse chapel correct fact um uh, uss enterprise fact gene roddenberry fact but the fact that um but then he went to a play to see, he doesn't know how to approach a woman. And then he has, he goes and sees her play. And like, I don't believe it because Gene Roddenberry was not pulled up on charges. Like some of the other famous people we know for any kind of casting couch situation. So I don't know <laughs> if this is really true, um, but I'm willing to go along for the ride until the next round to make my, make any judgment just whatsoever. So I know I'm not the liar, but I can't tell who the other ones are. Yet.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, um, Alan, um, uh, hold on to those uh, accusations that they threw at you because we're going to bring Adri up to start the second round. Um, Adrie, uh we last left last, last off with the unfortunate occurrence of the TB uh, vaccine. So why don't you pick up your story in round number two now.
4: <laughs> right. So, unfortunately, the vaccine comes out and yeah. and <laughs>
3: Saving millions.
4: And saving <laughs> millions of people. How dare they? Uh, so in 1966, the hospital had to be shut down. And in 1967, the hospital was refurbished and rebranded as a Sunland uh, medical facility, one of six in the state of Florida. Um, however, this location was a little bit different because it was called Sunny Sunland Hospital because it was specifically for mental and severely physically disabled adults, and they had enough room for 400 people, except that it ended up being mostly children, okay? Uh-huh. This is where the tides get crazy. In the, in the um, 50s, the mental facilities were notorious for abusing and neglecting their patients, and this franchise was no exception. Treatments included shock therapy, lobotomies, long-term isolation, and it only gets worse from here.
1: Well, okay. Um Thanks. Gina, Gina, what are, your, what are your thoughts on this story? That certainly took a dark turn.
2: This proves that Adri is a sick, sick puppy, and I like it. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Um, well, oh, gosh, this is. She is not wrong. They are notorious for that. Or, well, if you believe everything you see on TV, which I do, um, then I don't. I don't know. This is. I really have no um, re- rebuff to that, except to say that I know I'm not the liar. <laughs> <laughs> that's your rebuff.
1: Her, yeah, that, her, her, her criticism uh, or critique and, and potential bluff challenge is based on her not being the bluff herself. Uh, okay, a lot of, a lot of uh, that's that's used a lot in history, actually. Um, Alan, what do you think about Adri's story?
3: Well, unlike a near Sunnyland in Miami, they welcomed the vaccine. So I can't speak for the people nearby there also uh, so she continues her story in the 1960s, which is also the time that the one flew over the cuckoo's Nest takes place. and that is where she clearly got her depictions of shock therapy and how to mistreat patients in their ward.
1: Ah. Yeah, indeed. All right. well, um, Alan, we're going to keep you up on screen here and I'm um, gonna have you uh, tell us your second round of your story based on the University of U.M.
3: (laughs) So it was this moment after the show that Majel became smitten with Gene Roddenberry and after graduating, Majel did more stage work in New York City and then later in Los Angeles, where she knew that Gene was now residing. She suggested to her agent uh, to contact Gene Roddenberry's employer, Desilu Productions, to get her an audition for a small role on the I Love Lucy show. Majel spotted Jean on his way to his office while he was writing for a Western, which was in pre-production. Jean recalled her performance in Miami and put in a good word to the casting director. Majel landed her first television role on I Love Lucy shortly thereafter, and after breaking into the television industry, she began working on many of Roddenberry's productions, including Have Gun, Will Travel, and The Untouchables, and of course, the series that would ultimately define both Majel and Gene Roddenberry, Star Trek, set to begin production in the mid-1960s.
1: Wow. All right, all right. Uh, Adri, what do you think of the, uh, second round there where, uh, Majel gets to go to I Love Lucy because of her gene connection?
4: Yeah, there were two things that really caught my attention with that. The first one being, and again, I'm sorry to take a dig at University of Miami, but do people actually graduate from University of Miami? <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's the dig.
4: The second thing. <laughs> The second thing was there are no small <laughs> roles on I Love Lucy. I mean, I Love Lucy was legendary. So what could she have possibly been Ooh. on I Love Lucy? Yeah, Ellen.
3: Good question. What, she, was she was a
4: waitress. A bluffer. Oh, she
1: was waitress. a waitress. All right. All right. Uh, Gina, what do you think about uh, this story, Gina?
2: Well, I find it fascinating that in the 1960s, um, one place was opening up a brand new refurbished hospital for children, and, another, and then on the other side of the world, Star Trek was taking off. So I, that's the only observation I have. I don't know who's lying yet, except to say that it's not me, because you know why? Because I'm not the liar. This oh, that's why. So.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, if this was uh, a, a Shakespeare production, someone might say the Lady Doff protests Doff too much. Uh, uh, All right, so Gina, why don't you come back on, Gina, and uh, tell us your second round of your story.
2: I shall. So um, the interesting part is that um, shortly, maybe within the year before he was arrested for his father's murder, Dr. Gilmer had uh, begun drinking. He divorced his wife, and he had actually gone on to, and then also uh, gotten off of antidepressants. So he was on them. You were supposed to wean yourself off of them. He did not, and he, uh, it was like a week before he killed his father that he stopped taking the antidepressants. So when he defended himself in court, Dr. Gilmer said that actually there was a serotonin issue that his brain was not in, uh, did not have enough serotonin, which is the um, thing that balances you out and gives you good vibes. And so he was very irritable, very anxious. And um, he also was saying that he was hearing voices in his head that voices told him to kill his father. So um, all of this stuff, he was trying to do sort of an insanity plea in the trial. But while he was doing that. He'd be shaking or he'd be um, maybe uh, a little bit off and a little bit off-kilter. But he would only do that when the cops or the lawyers were talking to him. When he was just sitting there, he was calm. So the judge <laughs> and everybody else thought that he was and put him in jail.
1: Okay. All right. Gina's uh, cruising along with the story here. Uh, interestingly, Alan, uh, little-known fact, but uh, Sarah Tonin was also an alum of UM. Uh, what do you think of <laughs>
3: story? Sarah Tonin. Interesting. <laughs> I had no idea. I'll have to look up who Sarah Tonin is. Um, You get the trombone on that one. uh. Thank you. Uh, Gina, look, Gina does this where she just comes up with a story that she heard once. And so this is a salacious story that she heard about someone killing someone else. Or maybe she didn't hear it because she just made it up.
1: Ooh. Good oh, one. She did not hear it because she made it up herself. Uh, Adri, uh, what do you think? And, and by the way, uh, that's, he just mentioned another uh, UM alum, sal Um uh- <laughs> Dude, I don't
0: have enough sound effects for this.
2: <laughs> yeah,
4: there's not enough trombones, Adam. There's, there's not enough. <laughs> uh, um, well, sorry. I was caught up in the laughter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There were a couple things. Okay, so uh, Dr. G goes through a a whole array of emotions. He becomes a drinker. He gets divorced. He's on and off his meds. Then he blames killing someone on serotonin. I I mean, is that like a soap opera storyline? Or like, I don't know if it could be more cliche. And as a doctor, wouldn't he know to not drink on antidepressants? And to eat more chocolate if he needs a serotonin lift?
2: <laughs> I mean, it was this century, so should he have known, probably?
4: Should he have known, yes. Yeah. Exactly.
1: He should have known, indeed. He should have known. Uh, all right. Well, you know, Adam, I think that brings us to round number three, does it not?
0: It really does. Here's round three. <laughs>
1: And for this round, we're going to have Alan kick us off. So, Alan, please give us your conclusion of the Nurse Chapel Gene Roddenberry love story.
3: Yes, so Majel was very intrigued by the concept of Star Trek, but particularly she was excited to play the first officer of the Enterprise to Jeffrey Hunters, Christopher Pike who we now see uh, recreated today on the series titled Strange New Worlds, which depicts not just one, but two of Majel's characters, both the first officer of the Enterprise and Miss Nurse Christine Chapel, who was featured in the original series with William Shatner as the captain of the Enterprise, And William Shatner, of course, we know him, Mr. Spock. And the nurse, answer to who? Dr. McCoy, played by DeForest Kelly. Mm, Interesting, interesting.
1: All right. um, uh, Adri, what would you think of Alan's conclusion to his story here, the Roddenberry love story?
4: I am going to steal a note from Gina's book and just say that I am not the bluffer. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. I have nothing else bluff, to say, yeah. but I am not the bluffer. I plead the bluff.
1: You <laughs> plead the bluff. All right. Well, the Gina, the original bluff pleader, please come out and tell us what's your opinion of Alan's story?
2: Sure, sure. The guy who was um, Rocky's coach in the Rocky movies, what was his name again? Did we remember? Mickey. No, but I mean his real life name.
1: Oh, no. Burgess Meredith.
2: Burgess Meredith, wow, um, not Burgess, Meredith like and William Shatner got into a fight one time over a um, one of the people on, uh, was Dr. Chapel one of them? Or was that story a bluff? I can't remember, but it was from one of our history bluff stories. I mean, um, it
1: no, was from a history bluff story.
2: I, I don't know. Was that his last round? Was that Alan's last round, Chris? Yes.
1: Okay. Yes, it was.
2: Okay, I don't, I don't know if I call bluff. I mean, it just was reading facts, and I learned nothing about Doctor Chapel. I don't know a lot about Star Trek. Don't kill me, um, but the, uh, but that one was like, oh, this woman got a role on a TV show. That's my story. Interesting, not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, we are right. gonna,
2: well, gonna just tell a story, and make it interesting. <laughs> Please go on.
1: Wow. <laughs> okay. Darts thrown. Um, let's see uh gino uh we're gonna have adri go next we'll come back to you gina adri uh please uh give us your conclusion of your story okay
4: all right so within a year of reopening the hospital began to lose funding uh which led to overcrowding there was lack of care from this facility unsanitary conditions rats roaches uh, everything you could imagine that's terrible. It was got so bad that the psychologists ordered the hospital to be shut down. So it was shut down. In 1978, there was a class action lawsuit by the patients on the hospital, which basically shut everything down. They abandoned it. It, it looked like they left for lunch and never came back. And it sat that way for the next 30 years. Um, after that, Sunnyland, Uh, became uh, known as a haunted asylum and in 1997 a 23-year-old fell down the shaft. Was it a ghost? Was it a homeless guy? Was it a frat boy that pushed them down? I don't know. I have have one bit of information I'd like to share if it's okay. Come
1: back and please share. Yes.
4: Okay. In 2008, the hospital was finally demolished and a luxury apartment complex was put up right in the spot. And right now, you can rent a one-one for eight hundred and seventy-seven dollars. Utilities and lobotomies not included.
1: Oh, (laughs) okay, all right, Um, Uh, Gina, uh, Gina, what, what, uh, what do you think here, Gina? Of well, I
2: just think that like a haunted asylum. I just have a quick question, if you don't mind, Adri. When um, that person fell down the shaft, were they going to visit it or like a haunted house? Do they have it like open to the public?
4: It wasn't open to the public. People would break in. Homeless people were living there. And these college kids, I'm not gonna say if I was one of them or not, would go and sneak in in the middle of the night and just kind of hang out there. kind kind of crazy. Yeah.
2: And then real quick also, you had had mentioned that this was in the town where you went to college. Where was that?
4: Uh, Tallahassee, Florida.
2: Nice, okay, so Florida State.
4: No, yes? Florida State, yes. Okay. Which would also explain the digs I've been throwing at Alan all night. Yes, 100%. That's what I wanted to know. Because last
2: round, I was like, wait a minute. This sounds personal. Um, so that's, that's my theory. Alan, I'll turn it over to you, man.
1: Yeah, Alan, what do you think, uh, if you, what do you think of the Well, theory? now
3: that we know the truth about where she went to school, I believe nothing that <laughs> she said so far.
2: Um,
3: <laughs> Although, I mean, I will, I will give her a pass only in the fact that I married a Seminole, so I can't completely <laughs> dig at the school. Um, I'll, I'll just, let right, that, okay. I'll just let that hang there. That's all. Let that
1: hang there. And interestingly enough, uh, Florida State and Miami play football this week against each yes. other at 7:30 on ABC. <laughs> Tune in to see who wins, Allen or Adri. Uh All right. And uh now to wrap up her round three, her five our final wrap up round three version here is Gina with the conclusion of her hunting story.
2: Okay. Um So Benjamin got very curious because he's, um, he heard about the ax murder. He heard all these stories. So he actually went to visit Vince in jail. Um, so, uh, he's talking with him and he figures out that something really is wrong with him. And he does probably have some type of a serotonin thing. So he has him tested and guess what? It turns out he has Huntington's disease. That means that he has Alzheimer's, a nerve disease, and he has brain death happening all at once. So all the things that he was experiencing, um, were indeed true. And he continued to, uh, Dr. Dr. Gilmer continued to say, hey, I want some Seroquel to, to help me with this. He knew even the medicine that would help him. And he kept insisting on having it, but nobody would give it to him. So finally, and just to let you know, he is he was still in jail. Benjamin went to bat, to bat for him. And you want to know why? Um, it got a little confusing because you know why? Benjamin's last name is also Gilmer. And one day before he died, Dr. Gilmer was released from jail um, without any kind of a record anymore. It was true. He actually was pleaded insane. I don't
1: know if that's yeah. better or worse, though. Uh-huh. Be better, though. <laughs> All right, well, uh, uh, Adri, what would you think of Gina's uh, frenzied finish to the finish line? There,
4: I'm convinced. I'm convinced Gina's the bluff. No, Adri, I told you uh, I wasn't. Oh. I, I, and I appreciate the, the the honesty, but here's the thing: a doctor going to bat, a doctor playing baseball, I. I I can't imagine that. I can't imagine free healthcare. It's just, it's a bluff from start to finish. Oh okay,
1: to start to finish. Uh, Alan, what's, what's your take, Alan, on Gina's story?
3: Oh, boy. Um, so it's, look, it's feasible, but um, just the fact that he's hes admonished of his record because of insanity, he literally did kill his dad. This doesn't mean you didn't kill your dad. T- <laughs> yeah,
2: and he cut all of his fingers off
3: oh
4: gross and how did they have the same last
2: names oh that was just a coincidence what <laughs> that was why I was picked up so much by the press
1: <laughs> okay so no Alan you're not, <laughs> not buying it Alan you're not buying it
3: no what's funny is like she couldn't come up with a second last name and yet <laughs> the title of it is hunting clues Her her married name is Hunter she shares. Uh, <laughs> Hunter in there is one of her made-up names.
1: Interesting, interesting. All right. Well, we know that Adri thinks that Gina is the bluff, um, and as I said at the top of the show, the only two people who know are Adam and the actual bluff themselves. So, uh, so Alan, let's hear definitively. Are you saying that you think Gina is the bluff, or do you think Adri is bluffing?
3: Um, you know, un- unlike normally, this uh, this hurricane's gonna agree with the Seminole, and I'm gonna say that uh, Gina. <laughs> Is oh. the bluff? That's oh. the
1: second vote for Gina as a bluff. All right, Gina, you want to defend yourself other than saying that you're not the bluff as you've been saying all show. Uh, who do you think wh- Who do you think is bluffing, Gina?
2: Well, I do... I I think it's Alan, but I'm going to vote for Adrienne, and I'll tell you why. Her story, <laughs> it it lines up with the typical types of stories I like to tell when I lie. So I think that Okay, all right. I love it, though. It's a very good story. But... <laughs> I think that
1: she is. Uh, if for her first show, straight out of the gate. I mean, she's bluff. Boom. Wow. Gina, all right. So Gina's using the it takes it takes a bluff to know a bluff. Uh, yes. <laughs> all right, and and for the record, I I think uh, I'm going to pile on. Sorry, Gina. I love you to death, but um, you know I think as Alan pointed out, you know you're you know uh, I wonder if you were quickly scanning through. Uh, a television uh, directory and saw um you know, the curious case of Benjamin Button, Goodwill Hunting and Gilmore Girl. <laughs> all that to throw all that together into a story. So I'm gonna I'm declare Gina as my guest for my bluff.
0: Adam
2: Wait
0: did we get out, did, Adam, did we get did uh did we get Adri's
3: input? No we didn't Oh, oh no, sorry she, did. Yes, I'm sorry, yes, did she did. voted for Gina. Yeah G-
2: yeah. For Gina.
0: yeah okay all
2: day all day, yeah. all day.
0: <laughs> well that's it then I guess That's that's everyone. (laughs) Well, Chris, as you were about to point out, I and I alone know. So, Chris, if you will kindly exit our virtual stage, Mm -hmm. I'm going Mm -hmm. to line up our suspicious historians. All right, here we go. I'm going to line you up. I'm going to put you in the bluff holes because we need to know, ladies and gentlemen, tonight was it Adri Mm -hmm. bluffing or was it Alan? fibbing us, or was it Gina? She could have been pulling the wool over <laughs> eyes. Well, I know. And I'm going to reveal tonight, the bluff the whole time has been Alan!
3: Uh. Well done, <laughs> Mr. Alan. <laughs> Who voted for me? Who voted for me? No one. Gina thought I was lying, but didn't vote for me. <laughs>
2: Told you, though! Told you!
3: <laughs> wow! Moral upsetting. So get this, get this. They did both attend the University of Miami, but they did not meet in South Florida. They met in Los Angeles. Yes.
2: Are they married? They are married.
3: Well, I mean, they're they're both passed away, so they're in heaven married. Um, But yes, they were married.
4: Wow. I don't know what's more upsetting. Uh, A hurricane fooling us all or... (laughs) The Gilmore Girls story being true, like that's just unbelievable. <laughs> that's just crazy. When
2: we're offline, I'll tell you the real details. I mean, some of the details are gory. <laughs> wow! <laughs> amazing.
4: All right. Wow. Well,
1: uh, that is all we have for tonight's show. So, congratulations to Alan for literally fooling everyone. Well done, Alan. Good job. Fantastic. Very good. Uh, Thank you so much, Adrian, and thank you, Dina. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for
0: joining us this week, and I'm going to turn it back over to Adam to take us home. All right. Thank you, Chris, very much. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been History Bluffs. We are here every week. We hope you are, too. Learn a little bit of history, sniff out a bluff. See you next time.